You're listening to LawPod UK from the creators of the UK Human Rights Blog. It's a podcast that discusses developments across all aspects of civil and public law in the United Kingdom. All the comments are current at the time of podcast publication. LawPod UK is produced by the barristers at One Crown Office Row. This week we're looking at a case brought to the High Court and a ruling by Sir Robert Nelson on the amount of damages in a negligence case brought against North London's Whittington Hospital NHS Trust. Rosalind English, you've been looking into this particular ruling. Tell us, first of all, the background to the case. Well, it was an argument about how much money the hospital should pay the claimant after their admitted negligence in failing to diagnose cervical cancer. The chemotherapy and radiation treatment that she had to undergo had rendered her infertile. However, just before the treatment, her eggs were harvested and frozen. So one of the heads of her damages claim, there were several, but the one that we're looking at here was in respect of a surrogacy arrangement. So presumably the position of the law itself regarding surrogacy arrangements in the UK comes into play here. It very much does. Surrogacy in the UK is legal only where there is no intention to make a profit, that is by the the surrogate mother, although she can recover her reasonable expenses. And where legal surrogacy is carried out, the surrogate mother is the legal mother of the child. I mean, you may think that that's taken for granted, but in other countries, the intended parents can get a parental order before the child is born. Furthermore, in this country, commercial surrogacy arrangements, that is where the surrogate mother stands to make a profit, are considered to be against public policy and are therefore illegal. It's also a criminal offence to advertise either for a surrogate or to be a surrogate. So has this been tested in the in the UK courts before? Yes, it has several times. And there was quite an important case called Brady in 2002. Mrs Brady claimed for damages that would pay for her costs in making a surrogacy arrangement in the United States, where commercial surrogacy is legal. The Court of Appeal said no, she could not recover this head of damage. The Californian surrogacy arrangement would have been unlawful had it been made in this country. Also, the whole aim of damages is to restore the claimant to the position she would have been but for the defendant's negligence. On the Court of Appeals analysis, if Mrs Brady had been seeking surrogacy using a donor's egg, she would be seeking to make up for some of what she had lost by gaining something different, since neither the pregnancy nor the child would be hers. Now, this is a bit illogical, really, because as the claimant's barrister said in in the case that we're discussing, an amputee can claim damages for a prosthetic limb. That limb is no longer his or hers than a donor's egg. But Lady Justice Hale, as she then was, she was in the Court of Appeal then, she made clear her view that even if the mother had used her own eggs for surrogacy, the arrangement would be against public policy. So as far as she was concerned, no surrogacy arrangement for payment would be legal. One thing we have to ask is how on earth did this claim get so far as to to the High Court? The claimant argued that English law has evolved quite a long way since Brady was decided. For a start, the courts have awarded sums in excess of these so-called reasonable expenses on the basis that the amounts involved are not disproportionate and don't amount to an affront to public policy. There's a case called RE-C on this. And such expenses would have been permitted if the procedure had been done in the UK. The claimant submitted that this reflects a change in the society's attitudes to surrogacy. She also said that the law has changed, so the Surrogacy Arrangements Act 1985 has been amended since Brady. 
Now payment is permitted for surrogacy, provided only that the money is channeled through non-profit agencies such as COTS, that's Childlessness Overcome Through Surrogacy, and another outfit called Brilliant Beginnings. Also, courts have retrospectively authorised commercial payments to surrogates. So why couldn't she claim such payment prospectively? In what way was her position different, she said? So why was she so insistent on going forward with surrogacy in the US? Well, you may well ask, because it's very expensive. Commercial surrogacy arrangements in the, in the US are legal, but they're very, very expensive. But she didn't want to go down the UK avenue of surrogacy. First, there is the element of uncertainty. Remember that the surrogate mother is the legal parent... And in theory, though it's very rare in practice, the surrogate mother could refuse to give the child to the intended parents. It's necessary for the intended parents to apply to the courts in the UK for a parental order post-birth. In California, on the other hand, the claimant would be able to obtain a pre-birth order from the court confirming their legal status in relation to the surrogate child. Another disadvantage of the UK system in the eyes of the claimant is that it is the surrogate mother who chooses the intended parent rather than the other way round. The claimant said in her witness statement that the idea of being at the mercy of someone else's choosing and attending informal parties to meet surrogate mothers frightened her. So what was the outcome of that particular claim? In this claim, the judge acknowledged that, yes, attitudes to surrogacy may have changed since Briardy, but such changes in the law must be brought about by Parliament or the Supreme Court. So he rejected the claim for the use of donor eggs based on Briardy. The way the judge put it was that the loss that the injured mother sustains is the inability to have her child, not any child. The use of donor eggs would not therefore be restorative of her loss. It would not be reasonable or proportionate to require a defendant to pay for the costs of surrogacy beyond the reasonable expenses that are allowed in the United Kingdom. So she was limited to that head of damage, and that's the end of the story. This is clearly a quite fast-moving aspect of the law relating to surrogacy. What do you think the likely impact of this particular ruling might be? Probably this ruling stays within the position that the English law has been left post Brady, but things will change inevitably whenever there are fast advances in productive technology. The law has to follow. So I wouldn't expect this to be the position for years to come. OK, Rosalind, thanks very much. LawPod UK is produced by one Crown Office Row. For more editions of LawPod UK, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and recommend us to a friend.